You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up Browns with your host, Daniel Garrett, and today we are recapping the Browns' Week 4 victory over the Minnesota Vikings. So, let's get into it. And the Browns win this one on the road, pushing them to 3-1. and one. The Vikings go down to 1-3, and three, and they get the 14-7 victory on the road. The Vikings came out hot, first possession, about 7.5-minute drive, score a touchdown, Kirk Cousins pass to Justin Jefferson, and the Browns had had some issues on that drive. It was a very good drive for Minnesota, but then the defense really settled in. Uh, the Browns didn't necessarily play the best offensively. They did get down on their first possession, another about seven-and-a-half-minute drive, and got down into the red zone, went for it on fourth down, and failed to convert and turn it over on downs. Baker got sacked on fourth down, and then uh, the Vikings took over. But after that point, the defense really stepped up, um, played fantastic, all things considered, especially given how much of the production came on that first drive. And after that, the Browns did get another drive down there, did go for on fourth down again, converted, were able to actually score a touchdown, kick the f- extra point to go up, to tie the game 7-7, but then a personal foul called for a Sheldon Richardson for the Vikings now, calling a timeout when they were out of timeouts. So they ended up getting a half the distance to the goal, went for it, and threw a little uh, pass to the flat for Janovich to convert the two-point conversion to go up 8-7, come down, able to get a field goal. And then later in the fourth quarter, also getting our field goal. Very good game from McLaughlin. Did go two for two, long of 53. Did get that extra point that then they ended up not going for the second time due to that penalty. And so very good game from him. Now, not the biggest leg. That 53 looked like that's about... You know, maybe a few yards farther back, but you don't really want to go super far back with him. But very consistent, very straight with all of his kicks. Pretty good job from him. Been impressed with him so far this year. And like we said, defense had a very good game. The Browns running game was effective. They had 4.84 yards per carry. Nick Chubb had a 100-yard game on 21 carries. Cream Hunt added 69 yards on 14. Baker added two for 11 and Odell one for four. And very, very effective. Cream Hunt did also score a rushing touchdown. Um, it's It was a very good game overall for the Browns. On the ground, the passing game, however, very different story. Baker Mayfield just 15 for 33, 
155 yards, took three sacks, and it isn't necessarily the total number of sacks. That's not the issue, because, like, people typically blame sacks on the offensive line, but it's not always on the offensive line. Sometimes it's on the quarterback, and one or two of these were on Baker, and it's the situations in which he takes the sack. And he came out himself after the game and has said he did not play well, and he didn't. 15 for 33 is just absolutely terrible, only 155 yards. Now, on a per-attempt basis, we're looking at under 5 yards an attempt. That is just unacceptable, and he missed a lot of easy downfield shots. Could have been 2, maybe even 3 touchdowns more just if he had hit stuff. Two of them would have been touchdowns and then would have had another drive saver as well that he missed very easily. So he 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 could have very easily got the Browns up into the 30-point range just by not missing easy, wide-open throws. I remember there was a play where he took a sack, actually, I believe, because he was trying to run. I don't remember. It might have not been a sack. It might have been considered a run where he ran the ball instead of trying to throw to a wide open Demetric Felton in the flat, which would have got them a first down. I don't remember if he gained a yard or something. He could have, it could have been, I believe he was sacked though. So I think that was one of his three sacks ended up causing the Browns to have to punt. And, you know, just situationally just wasn't there today. Missed easy throws that he can typically hit. Just not a good game. So I I do think that the fact that Minnesota was able to get pressure really did affect him a lot in a lot of what he did. But it's still not an excuse for that poor of a performance. We know Baker struggles under pressure, but... There wasn't enough pressure to cause this bad of a game. It wasn't like he was constantly rushed. He had plenty of times where he just missed throw on a perfectly clean pocket. And now I'll say this. I did not think James Hudson was ready. He made his mistakes. He had a dumb false start. He had a bunch of different dumb mistakes where, you know, it's just rookie stuff. I didn't think he was great, but I thought he was capable enough as a backup to be effective in what he was doing. And so I didn't think that the line played poorly. You know, Minnesota, like we discussed, has a pretty solid defensive line, especially you have Daniel Hunter, you have some veteran experienced edge rushers opposite him who did a pretty good job, namely Everson Griffin today. And you, you look and it was just, yeah, they're pretty solid up front. And the Browns' offensive line did pretty good against them. So I I think that this was a Baker game. This was a bad Baker game. And so, now QBR, not a good stat. But when it's at extremes, you can tell. So, like, for example, Baker, a QBR of 15.5 is a very bad bad QBR. That's an extreme. That means he was very bad. So like if if you're a middle of the road QBR, that doesn't tell you how good you performed either way. But if you're at an extreme, it you know 
at that point. You can look at stats. Stats aren't always everything, but when they're extreme like this is, it tells you a good amount. It tells you enough to know what's going on there. Now, receiving-wise, Rashard Higgins had a good game, 4 for 63, 15.8 average, and that's on seven targets. And he he just is able to do a lot of what you get out of Jarvis. Not as good after the catch as Jarvis, but uh, he has that same ability to be able to find spots in zone coverage and attack there, sit there, and be open for Baker to find. Um, Odell was our second lean receiver with just two catches for 27 yards on seven targets. And a lot of that was Baker missed him three times. I want to say three of those seven targets were just Baker completely missing, not even giving him a chance. The one would have been a sure touchdown, but he missed him hit, tried to throw the ball more short to avoid a safety over the top and hit more towards the outside shoulder and Odell kind of just lost it. So that, you know, it's not entirely on Baker. Like Odell could have made that catch, but it was still a pretty bad throw on Baker's part. Yes, but Odell could have adjusted better, could have probably made that catch if he adjusted perfectly, but Baker also could have just thrown an accurate pass and it wouldn't have been an issue at all. Another time where he he was deep as well that he missed him. And so it just, the receiver's stats aren't going to look good because Baker missed them. And like Austin Hooper, one for 11, that was a screen. Every other pass that went to Austin Hooper was incomplete. The only catch he had was on a screen. Njoku, only 2 for 17. Kareem Hunt, 2 for 17. Felton, 2 for 12. Bryant, 1 for 3. You just look, and it's just not a very good game. And you look at Schwartz out there, no catches, one target. Schwartz having one target is not the worst thing. That is, you know, preferably three targets. That's not what's bad. It's the fact that on that one target he had, Baker just overthrew him. He was open. He could have had a touchdown there. Baker just overthrew him. And so, you know, think about that. Zero for zero on one target isn't awful if you're considering that he doesn't play a lot. But what... What looks a lot better is one catch on one target for about 40 yards and a touchdown. That looks a lot better for Schwartz. So Schwartz did what did on that play what he was brought to the Browns to do. Baker just missed him. And you didn't really see anything out of Donovan Peoples-Jones. I did see him in for a few snaps. Now, the last part of the offense is obviously the offensive line. Um, Jedrick Wills did go out of the game again. He's still hurt. I don't think he should necessarily be someone that we can rely on to start for next week. And that can be very tough because we are playing the Chargers next week. And obviously Chargers have Joey Bosa. The the rest of their D-line, not that great. Especially up the middle. So, you know, Treader being... Not 100% isn't going to matter as much, but 
if we don't have Jedrick, that will be rough. Because with Bosa out there, even if we have Hubbard back, that'll be better than having Hudson out there. But there, I don't trust either of those guys against Bosa. As it stands, even if Jedrick does play, I think he's going to have absolute fits trying to... I think Bosa's just going to give him fits all game. And it's just, it's just going to be a very tough game for him, healthy or not. So, you know, it's going to be a tough game for whoever has to block him. So I'm not looking forward to that, but we'll get into that more on the preview later this week. But for this game, the the line did fine. You, you got 4.8 yards per carry, as we said before. Baker had time. Baker was sacked three times, and at least one of those, if not two, were on him. So it, it was a pretty good performance considering the talent along the Minnesota defense of line. So very impressive game, I thought. You look at the one sack was obviously on Conklin getting beat. I don't, like I said, I don't remember the third sack that he took, but at least one of them wasn't on them. So overall, pretty good game from Brown's offensive line. You hope for Jedrick Wills to be healthy as you face some really good edge rushers coming forward because after that, you have Arizona coming in with J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones, who, even though they're both older players and J.J. Watt has fallen off a bit, Chandler Jones is very impressive. And as a number two guy, J.J. Watt is good. So it's going to be a back-to-back tough weeks. And actually, this is really four weeks in a row for that offensive line going Khalil Mack, Daniil Hunter, Joey Bosa, and Chandler Jones. Very tough stretch. So going to be very interesting to see how Jedrick Will's health progresses. And if we can get Hubbard back as well, could be very beneficial so you just got to keep keep your eyes on what's going on with that for their health. But overall, pretty good game. Now, we flip over to the defensive side of the ball. The Minnesota Vikings passing two, 20 for 38, 203 yards, 5.3 yards per attempt. A touchdown and an interception. Another interception was called back for a PI. Pass interference was questionable, like, yeah, sure, call it, whatever. It was bad, bad situation as well to get that called in. You, you can call it just because by rule it is, but like in terms of catchability, I'm not 100% sure because it was pretty far over the receiver's head. It would have been a tough, tough catch. So I, you can by rule call it, but... Very rough game for Kirk Cousins. Uh, The only receiver that was really effective was Justin Jefferson. Six for 84, 14 yards per catch, one touchdown. Uh, Thielen did add three for 46, but that's very uncharacteristic for Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson did burn the Browns a couple times. The one touchdown catch he had was just a miscommunication, obviously, and they said it very well on the broadcast. Denzel Ward thought he had inside help in his zone with John Johnson. John Johnson carried over to the seam where the tight end was going, where they had a linebacker on the tight end. He helped over that way, should have been able to help over towards the inside because 
Denzel was playing, obviously, on the outside, as he's supposed to do. A little bit of miscommunication there. Want to clean that up going into the future, but that's just something that, you know, it's still pretty early on season. We're in week four. You can still clean that stuff up and hopefully get it good by playoffs. But outside that, you know, Jefferson had a couple good catches where he, you know, had a step or two on Ward. But overall, pretty good game out of everyone in the secondary. Running the ball, the they did excellent. Obviously, Dalvin Cook, not the healthiest, but he had times where he looked springy and explosive. So it wasn't like he was like 50%. Like, yeah, you might not have been 100%, but he was still good to go. And uh, even at Dalvin Cook at 80% is still a top 15 running back, if not higher than that. So like it was a Pretty healthy Dalvin Cook. Healthy enough to where this is impressive. Madison only added 10 carries for 20 yards. And your most explosive play was one Dalvin Cook run where he just broke a bunch of tackles for 13 yards. And then after that, it was K.J. Osborne, their receiver, with a 10-yard run. Finished the game 23 carries, 65 yards, 2.8 yards per carry. Excellent job by the Browns and defensively, you know, it, it wasn't this dominant Miles Garrett game that we had last time. Uh you have him and Denzel Ward had half a sack and then Tack McKinley also had a sack. You you have Troy Hill with the tackle for loss, Miles Garrett with two, Malcolm Smith with the tackle for loss. Troy Hill tackle for lost it, it, and you look and then the secondary was where the Browns really had just a fantastic performance. We talked about Greedy. Greedy just man. I don't really know what else to say. Had a had a really good catch catch on that interception. Um not like an acrobatic catch but just he he was in the right position. Kirk Cousins Bad throw by him. Greedy capitalized, got the interception. Very good to see. Grant Delpit, like we said, should have had an interception. Troy Hill got called for a PI that like was pass interference, but was the ball catchable? People argue about it. I really don't care. It worked out anyways, but it was just nice to see Delpit not only playing great in coverage, but also flying around all over the place, really. Just very active and very good today. Um, obviously, one of the most impressive players out there, Jeremiah Usakoromoa, for rookies on defense. is He's just been fantastic. Seven tackles, just flying around the ball. Really has hit his groove here, and they just need to play him as much as possible. And you know, now that Greedy has shown how well he can play, the fact that you were without Greg Newsom who's been probably in my opinion I have I obviously haven't been able to catch everyone I haven't caught certain or any of those but I have watched like Horn and Asante Samuel JC Horn if you're wondering for the Panthers have got to see those guys Horn's playing pretty well before he broke his foot Asante Samuel's playing good but Greg Newsom's just playing better than both those guys Greg Newsom's playing good for a corner general not just a rookie corner and as we said, going into the season, adjusting to the NFL at the cornerback position 
is one of the hardest adjustments to make. Obviously, quarterbacks up there and tight end is up there because you got to block and you got to run routes. But you, corners right there with it. It's usually a very hard rookie season. And Greg Newsom just been fantastic. And with Greedy's performance today, you look and you say, "We got we're we're four deep at corner here." Like legitimately four deep at corner. So like, yeah, we were down one of our starting corners. We still have the better secondary. We still have a better secondary than most teams. That's without a starting corner. That's without Ronnie Harrison playing a lot. And you you just are very impressed with what this Browns secondary is able to do. And it's really going to be their strength. And you watch a lot of these long third and longs the Browns just run 40 ends out there try to get home with a pass rush and and really you look at it and you're like well yeah that's great you have a good amount of time to get home so because the coverage is just so good it it helps out that defensive line so really you just got to have what we need out of the defensive line is early down stops if we can get those early down stops and they have to pass the ball, they're really just playing into our strength because at that point, we can throw out whoever we want as that fourth defensive lineman. Saw times when it was Porter Gustin. You obviously had some Malik Jackson, Malik McDowell. You threw them out there, and then you have Miles Garrett, Tack McKinley, Jadavian Clowney. Those three plus one other just run them out there, rush the passer. They're very good at it. They're one of the best three-man combinations in the league. I'd say they're definitely a top 10 just three-man pass rushing combination. Now, that's oddly specific, but the Browns' defensive line is built for oddly specific purposes. They brought in these defensive tackles to play one role. They brought in Tech McKinley to play one role. They brought in Jadavian Clowney to fill the gaps. They have Miles Garrett to fill the gaps. That's how they built this defensive line. They have oddly specific players for oddly specific roles. And so, when you look at it, yes, we're comparing it oddly specific subsection of the NFL, but that's how the Browns wanted to build this team, and it's and it's showing. You see in specialty situations, the Browns excelling defensively, and The Browns want to rely on their offense. Their offense stunk today. Their run game was good. Their passing game sucked. So their defense was good enough to make up for it. Now it helps that Kirk Cousins played poorly and the Browns defensive line and linebackers absolutely dominated the Vikings offensive line. But their offensive line's been pretty good so far. We saw that last week with what they did to Seattle. They're a pretty solid offensive line. I know Seattle's D-line is pretty bad, but they're a pretty solid offensive line. And this Browns defensive line, yes, they're a bunch of specialists, Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. I, I get that. We all get that. They're good at what they're meant to do. So we just got to make sure we get them in situations they're good at and keep them out of situations they're bad at. So what are they bad at? You look at how they're built. Well, they're bad at stopping short yardage runs. So you get first and second down stops and try to prevent third and short. Try to prevent goal line situations. 
if you have to blitz, you have to blitz. What what we lack is that true one tech because Billings hasn't really played much. And when he played in the preseason, he wasn't good. Tommy Togiai, we knew he wasn't going to be ready. So if you have this defensive line set up, you just have to know what you need to do to help them out the best. And that is early down stops to create passing situations. This defensive line, great in passing situations. Then we have a great secondary built behind them with a lot of depth. Three good safeties, four good corners, and then hell, at that point, we're throwing out MJ Stewart, Richard LeCount, AJ Green. These guys are pretty good for end-of-the-roster special teams, guys. I'm not going out there and saying these guys are stars or even starters. Hey, Richard LeCount, I liked him a lot. I thought he's a good quality third safety. We have him playing as a fourth safety when he gets healthy. But right now, you're looking MJ Stewart and... AJ Green, they're special teamers. They're stepping up because everyone else around them is doing their job. All they got to worry about, they don't have to worry about playing out their job. All they got to do, do your job. Other people will make plays. And when you have this type of talent, you it allows these lesser players to be able to step up. We saw what MJ Stewart was last year when there was no talent around him. It was bad. He was terrible. We see him today. Was it great? No. Was it acceptable? Sure. And acceptable play out of these poor players that were paying nothing is really good. So I was quite impressed with the defense. And you, you look, even the linebackers, Smith, Owusu-Koromoa, and Sione Takitaki, all really good games. Elijah Lee got in there a little bit. So I was just very impressed with the defense as a whole. Now, the only thing I can say is the guys that didn't get a lot of playing time or were hurt. A lot of those guys, we want to step up. And so the hurt guys, when they come back, come back fully healthy, ready to contribute. And the guys that we talked about before, Andrew Billings, Tommy Togiai, these guys we got for specific roles. They need to come back come back next week and actually do something. So that's the one thing we can look for going forward to improve out of this defense. And that'll be it for us here today on Fired Up Browns. The Browns pull out a 14-7 victory at Minnesota. Come away 3-1 going into week 5 where they will face the Los Angeles Chargers. And they will be traveling there as well. So we will be back later this week to preview that game. Until then, let's get fired up.